night of Bible study. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we continue tonight to stream live and are grateful for all that are tuning in and, and joining us tonight for a time of sharing the word of the Lord. We um, will keep you posted as to when we will have uh, live midweek services. Uh, and uh, we, of course, hope to do that sooner than later, but we will let you know as soon as we settle on a date for that. Um, we are thankful that we're gathering every Sunday, 9.30 a.m., 11.30 a.m., RSVP. Uh, let's continue to do that. And for those who are not yet able or uh, are not yet comfortable to come out to the service, uh, we understand that. And please continue to tune in. The Lord has a very special blessing for you in his presence and through his word. Amen. And uh, we're very thankful for that. And we're thankful for all of you uh, that have uh, tuned in tonight. This coming Sunday is going to be a special Ready Now update. And uh, we're excited about all that God is doing. He's doing miraculous things. And uh, we are thankful for that. So uh, do look forward to that and uh, stay tuned for that information that will be coming forth on Sunday. Tonight we're going to continue our series called The Miracles of Jesus, and uh, we're going to continue to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and the many miracles that he does on our behalf and on the behalf of so many people. Uh, all who put their trust in the Lord can know for sure that the Lord, through his power and through his wisdom, will do great things in our lives. Uh, we are reading from the Gospel according to Luke. And the seventh chapter, that is where we are uh, bringing to you the series called The Miracles of Jesus, Luke chapter 7, and uh, particularly verse 22. Uh, These are the words of Jesus to the disciples of John the Baptist, where they wondered and brought to Jesus the question, Are you he or should we look for another? Verse 22 of Luke chapter 7 Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see. Our first lesson was on when the blind see. God is able to open the eyes of the blind. And not only is he able to open the eyes of the blind, but he is able to give us spiritual vision as well. He said, Tell John that the lame walk. God is able to cause the lame literally, physically, naturally to walk. But not only that, he is also able to cause us to walk with him and to leave behind whatever disabling condition has prevented us from walking with him effectively and consistently. And he said, tell John that the lepers are cleansed. The lepers are cleansed. God is able to cleanse the leper. He is able to cleanse those who are inflicted with any plague or any virus. God has the power, and he's able and willing to perform the miraculous. He said to go tell John that the deaf hear, and and we've seen those who've had their ears opened, Physically, but also spiritually. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. And tell John that the dead are raised. And tell John that the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And verse 23, he said, Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. 
And tonight we want to concentrate our attention on when the dead are raised. The miracles of Jesus when the dead are raised. It was nearly four years ago I had just finished preaching a particular special service at Greater Emmanuel Apostolic Temple. I was sitting in the office after the service, just kind of catching my breath from preaching and, and kind of winding down a little bit and, and contemplating what the Lord had just done. There had been a beautiful move of the Holy Ghost in that service. And suddenly, my oldest daughter, Anna, came back to the office where I was sitting. She was there in the service. Several of our young people were there. And she said, Dad, we need you out in the sanctuary. And she mentioned one of our young people and said, uh, he's had a, an episode. This young man had had several episodes, and we knew that he had a condition that caused him sometimes to have seizures. And she said, and he's having a seizure, but it's different this time. I went out to where he was, and it was, it was true. It was different this time. Normally, his seizures had a particular process that took place, and we would call the paramedics, and they would come if, in fact, he had one of these seizures, and, and they, would, they would treat him and take him to the hospital, and, and it took him a little while, but he would get past it, and we would give God the praise for that, and we hated to see him suffer with these particular seizures. But this time, it was different. He wasn't seizing quite like we had seen him do so before. Now, he was limp. He was lifeless. I went through the crowd where he was, and there were several medical professionals on site there at the church who were tending to him. And, and as I arrived to the scene, they exclaimed, we've lost his pulse. We're losing him they had called 911. The paramedics were on their way, but it was a dire situation. He was not breathing and he had no pulse. I grabbed his hand and I, I began to say to him, I just, I just said what I felt the Lord laid upon my heart to say. I just began to speak to him and I called his name and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, everything is all right. In the name of Jesus Christ, everything is all right. And I spoke his name again. And I said, listen to me, hear me. In the name of Jesus, everything is all right. I just kept repeating that. That's what I felt to say. And, and, and as I held his lifeless, limp hand and spoke those words, his hand went from being limp to gripping my hand. And he, he surged back, if you please, from that limp condition and from what appeared to be a lifeless condition, no breath, no pulse, he gripped my hand and he opened his eyes and he looked at me and he began to say, God has heard your prayer. God has heard your prayer. He just kept repeating it. He grabbed me, hugged me, and said, God has heard you. God has heard you. God has heard you. It was confirmed by the paramedics that he went into cardiac arrest and that he had, he had slipped away, and for a few moments, he had died. But the Lord raised him miraculously back to life. 
later he recounted the experience he had in those few moments where that he experienced the glory of God in a unique way and it was confirmed to him in those few moments that the Lord heard the prayers of the people and brought him back to life. I, I want you to know God is a miracle-working God. And we're reading that Jesus told John the Baptist and his disciples to go tell John the Baptist, you tell John that the dead are raised. And I want you to know that the dead weren't just raised in Luke chapter 7, but the dead are raised today. Our God is a miracle-working God right now. He's not just a figure of history. He is a present help in the time of your trouble. Hallelujah. When I was a child in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, where my father pastored the first few years of my life, in the middle of the service, a man fell out of his chair into the aisle, and he died of a massive heart attack. He died right there in the middle aisle. And he lay there. The ushers responded. Medical professionals in the church responded. My dad went back. They called the paramedics. The paramedics came. They worked on him to no avail. And for 30 minutes, he lay there dead. But before they, before they gathered him up to take him out, my father said, I want to pray one more time. And he laid hands on him and prayed one final time and said, In the name of Jesus, Lord, raise this man up. And God breathed into that man's nostrils the breath of life. He came back to life that night. Lived, he was an older man, lived seven more healthy years. Hallelujah. Our God is a miracle-working God. He is able. Don't forget that in the midst of a global pandemic. God is able. That is our testimony. That is our decree. That is our message. That is our truth. God is able, hallelujah, to open the eyes of the blind, to unstop the ears of the deaf. He is able to cause the lame to walk. He is able to cleanse the leper or the infirmed. He is able to raise the dead. Hallelujah. We see it happen in the scriptures. In fact, in this very passage, Luke chapter 7, that we're reading from, where Jesus tells John's disciples that to tell him that the, the miracles are taking place, the miracles of Jesus are abounding, it was a miracle of resurrection, a miracle of raising someone from the dead that had just occurred earlier in Luke chapter 7. In verse number 11, the Bible says of Luke chapter 7, it came to pass the day after that Jesus went into a city called Nain. Many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. Hallelujah. He had compassion on this widow who now had lost not only her husband, making her a widow, but now had lost her son. He had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. Many of the miracles of Jesus begin with Jesus having compassion upon the sick or upon the dead in this case and upon the widow, the grieving mother. 
And he said unto her, Weep not. He came and touched the buyer, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Now watch what happens in verse 16. And this is what happens when you're talking about the miracles of Jesus. There came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. Hallelujah. That's what we want our world to say and to declare. We want them to say, God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. And the disciples of John showed him of all these things. Hallelujah. And then came the great conversation between Jesus and the disciples of, of John the Baptist. One of the great miracles of raising someone from the dead in the life and ministry of Jesus, probably the most well-known, was when he raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was the friend of Jesus. He was a friend to Mary, or, or pardon me, a brother to Mary and Martha, who also were the friends of Jesus. And famously, Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus that Lazarus, their brother, his friend, was sick, and Jesus did not go when he was sick. Also famously, he didn't go when he learned that Lazarus had died. He waited until Lazarus was dead for four days. It was interesting because many of those who believed in the resurrection, even the Pharisees believed in the resurrection, but it is said that they believed that after the third day there was no possible way for there to be a resurrection because the spirit had left the body in their estimation. Jesus waited until all of their superstition was, was over, all of their superstition was satisfied, and he walked into that situation on the fourth day after Lazarus had died, and he raised him from the dead and said to Martha, who, who said to him, if you would have been here, my brother would still be alive. And to Mary, who said, weeping at his feet, if you would have been here, my brother would still be alive. Jesus said to Martha, he said, your brother will live again. She said, I know he'll live again in the resurrection. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And I am the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. It is important for us to know that God has come manifest in the flesh of Jesus Christ to give us life and that more abundantly. He went to that grave, told them to roll away the stone. They said by now he is decomposed. It will be a very foul odor. Jesus said, roll away the stone. And when they did, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth up out of that grave. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And the very next chapter describes that people came to see Lazarus, who was with Jesus. They came to see the man that once was dead but is now alive. 
Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when God performs a miracle in your life, tell people about the miracle that God has performed because people will come to hear of the miracle. People will come to see the miracle. People will be excited. They will be thrilled. They will be overjoyed when they hear of the miracle. Have you noticed that our world is in need of hope? Have you noticed that our world is in need of, of somebody to shine a light into this very bleak set of circumstances? It's time for the church to testify. It's time for the people of God to share that the Lord is good. Hallelujah, that the Lord is great. That the Lord has all power and that we trust in Him with all of our hearts. Thank the Lord we trust in Him with all of our hearts. We have seen, even in this pandemic, we have seen people go to death's very door where there was no more hope for them, where they had come to the end of what medicine could do for them, and the Lord intervened. We heard of one situation recently, learned of one of our friends, Pastor Bishop Pat Williams of Ocala, Florida. They were not wanting to give him plasma he his markers were not meeting the criteria to receive the plasma and so there were no antibodies in his system but by the power of God his body began to generate the antibodies necessary hallelujah just in the nick of time just in the nick of time his body began to produce the antibodies that were necessary for the virus to be defeated. That is a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you're not going to hear about those kinds of things in the mainstream media because that doesn't fit the doom and gloom idea that our world tends to be drawn to. But I want you to know, in the middle of doom and gloom in our world, God is still at work among His people. God is still at work in this world. This is not a time to be in despair. Time to be cautious, yes, but not a time to be in despair. Our God is the great God of our salvation. He is the healer. He is the deliverer. He is our Savior, and we put our faith in Him. Oh, hallelujah. And we could go on talking about the miracles of Jesus that aren't just locked up in an ancient book, but they are all around us, and the Jesus of these gospel accounts is very much at work in the world where we live. And he works through us. One of the great miracles of Jesus concerning raising someone from the dead occurred with a ruler of the synagogue by the name of Jairus. Jairus came to Jesus because his only daughter was, was sick, nigh unto death. His first prayer request was that the Lord would heal her. And Jesus proceeded to go where Jairus' daughter was. While he was on his way, there was a woman with an issue of blood. This means that she was bleeding profusely and could not stop bleeding. And for 12 years, she bled. And there was no way for this condition to be healed. She had gone to the physicians for 12 years. And they were unable to help her with her condition. Interestingly enough, one of the gospel account writers... Luke, who was a physician himself, he records the fact that this woman was unable to receive any help from the physicians. 
But when she came to Jesus, she came to Jesus just when he had heard that Jairus' daughter was sick. He was on his way to minister to Jairus' daughter and to Jairus' household. This woman with the issue of blood came to him while he was on his way. And the Bible says she touched the hem of his garment. She didn't stand in a prayer line. He did not lay his hands on her. He didn't spit in the ground and put the spittle in her eyes as he had done for the blind man. He did not perform this miracle as he had performed other miracles in the same fashion. This miracle occurred by her faith. She touched the hem of his garment. He wasn't even looking in her direction. He wasn't even noticing her presence. But she touched the hem of his garment and he stopped and said, Who touched me? Notice that she touched the hem of his garment. And he said, Who touched me? Glory to God. And, and they said, Everybody's thronging you. Everybody's shoving you, pushing you. How can you honestly ask the question, Who touched me? There are several who qualify. But he said, no, I felt virtue go out of me. Someone touched me with faith in their heart. And here was this woman with a 12-year-long battle with bleeding profusely in a way that could not be, could not be helped. And, and the crowd cleared, and there she sat cowering. And Jesus looked at her and said, daughter, I love this, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Hallelujah. Every word of that declaration, just it just blesses me so much. Daughter, what a beautiful statement to make, affirming her position in God's eyes. Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. And in that one moment of time, what the doctors could not do for 12 years for this woman, the power of God moved upon her. And I want you to know right where you sit, the power of God can move upon you. Whatever health crisis, whatever health condition you might be facing, I've come to declare unto you the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. We exalt his name. We magnify his name. Be of good comfort. Your faith makes you whole. Go in peace and go knowing that the Lord is on your side and he has the power. Hallelujah. He has the power to make you whole. Now you might know some people who have been sick and who have died. You might know some people who have been sick and continue to be sick. We continue to pray for them when someone passes on even though they put their trust in the Lord. We pray peace and we pray comfort for their family, but nothing, nothing, nothing keeps us from believing for the miracle working power of Jesus Christ in our lives and in the lives of others. Hallelujah. God's wisdom reigns supreme. Wisdom is the principal thing. And when something is the will of God, we humbly surrender ourselves to what is the will and wisdom of Almighty God. But we don't only believe in the wisdom of God. We believe in the power of God. We believe in the wisdom of God and we believe that that wisdom includes his power. And that 
just as if it is the will of God for someone to be taken from this earth, also if it is the will of God for someone to be healed, it shall be done through faith in his name. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you must stay sick. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you must stay infirmed. God has the power to bring healing to your body, to your soul, to your spirit, and to your mind. Thank you, Jesus. And to your relationships, and to your finances, and to the whole person that you are. God has the power to perform the miraculous. Thank you, Jesus. God has the power. Jesus performed the miracle for the lady with the issue of blood. By that time, there were people who came to Jairus and said, Why do you trouble the master? Your daughter is dead. There's no reason to trouble him any further. And Jairus was just about ready to give hope, give up hope, when he saw that Jesus performed the miracle for the woman with the issue of blood. Now, this fact that this woman had an issue of blood according to the law, meant that she was unclean. Yet Jesus did not scramble to go wash himself merely because she touched the hem of his garment. He did not scramble to go cleanse himself. He turned and performed this miracle and declared this miracle over her life. And when Jairus saw that Jesus was willing to deal with a woman that had an issue of blood, no doubt, it raised his faith that Jesus would come to his house even though his daughter who had been sick, and that's when he had hope, now she has died. And she is considered unclean because she is now, it is now a dead body situation. But Jesus walked into Jairus' house with Peter, James, and John, and with Jairus and his wife, he sent the people out who were gathered together, the mourners were gathered together, and he sent them out saying to them, you all need to get out of here. She is asleep. She's not dead. They left him to scorn. When they left him to scorn, he said, you need to go on out. We don't need any doubt. We don't need any mockery. We don't need anybody who doesn't believe. We need faith in this house. And he performed a miracle in that young girl's life. She was 12 years old. The exact amount of time that the woman with the issue of blood had been seeking help from the physicians. This young girl was 12 years old. Jesus said, Talitha kumai, which means made arise. Oh, hallelujah. And he lifted her up by the hand, and she was raised from the dead, and he took her out and presented her to the people. What a miracle. What a God. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. He is the performer of miracles, and particularly, he performs the miracle of raising people from the dead. And I want you to know, just as we have covered in this series, that God not only performs the miracles of a natural nature or a physical nature, but he also performs these miracles of a spiritual nature. And, and he performs the miracle of raising people from the dead in a spiritual sense. Sense You need to understand, and I need to understand, that when we are without Christ, we are dead. When he found us, 
we weren't, we weren't just disadvantaged. We were dead. We weren't just people who, 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 didn't, who needed some improvement in life. We were people who had no hope at all in eternity or in life. Notice what the word of the Lord says. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse, beginning with verse 1 through verse 5. And you, everybody say, that's me. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's what you were. That's where you were when Jesus found you. You were dead in trespasses and sins. But you hath he quickened. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. In other words, before Jesus found you, before you were born again of the water and of the Spirit, you were in a dead condition. Dead because of your trespasses. You had trespassed God. You had trespassed his law. All of us had done that. That's how Jesus found us. That doesn't just make us somebody who is bad and needs to become good that makes us dead we were dead in our trespasses and sins and we walked in the past according to the course of this world and we walked according to the prince of the power of the air all this evil and all of this wickedness that you see on display in our world today this is coming from people who are dead in their trespasses and sins, who are walking according to the course of this world, who are walking according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And we had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh. That word conversation means conduct, behavior, lifestyle. We had our conduct, behavior, and lifestyle in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. That's where people were before God found them. And were by nature the children of wrath. In other words, wrath was on its way to you because of your human nature. That's why you got to give God praise for his mercy and for his grace. By nature, the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who hallelujah. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And you ought to give God the praise for that because you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And even while you were dead in sins, he quickened us, hallelujah, together. This is why we got to keep 
loving one another. This is why you've got to love your brother and your sister because the Lord quickened you with them together. You didn't have anything in common with your brother and sister in Christ. We all came from different parts of this world. We all came from different backgrounds. But here we are, one big happy family in Jesus. How does that happen? Because the Lord quickens us together. Together. Hallelujah. And makes us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It doesn't happen outside of Christ Jesus. Don't listen to those false prophets or false teachers who tell you that you can believe any old thing and be saved. Don't listen to those false prophets and false teachers that tell you you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's how you are positioned into Jesus Christ. You repent of your sins and you are baptized in, hallelujah, in, hallelujah, in, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We are made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I've come to tell you God has come to raise the dead. Yes, physically. Yes, naturally. He is able to do it. But spiritually also. See, he raises our soul back to life. The first thing that died in man was his soul. The Lord told Adam that in the hour you eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, fruit of the tree of the knowledge of evil, you shall surely die. But Adam didn't drop dead physically in that moment that he ate the fruit. He and Eve, Eve ate it and him with her, the Bible says. But Adam died a spiritual death in that moment. That was the first thing. And the spiritual death produced the natural death. It was the sin corrupting him that immediately caused spiritual death to occur and made natural death inevitable. It is sin that makes natural death inevitable. Natural death is unnatural. We're not supposed to be dying. That's not at all God's plan God's will. We are supposed to be alive forevermore. Humanity is supposed to live forever. Adam and Eve should be alive right now, being fruitful and multiplying. But sin, and with sin came death. And because of that, man's, man died a spiritual death that produced a natural death. To reverse that, Oh, hallelujah. Man is going to receive a spiritual revival of life. That's what happens when God fills you with the Holy Ghost. That's what happens when you repent of your sins and are baptized in Jesus' name and the Lord baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and fire. There is a reviving of that man, that spirit man that died in the Garden of Eden and it quickens inside of you and God raises you up and makes you to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And just as the natural, or pardon me, the spiritual death produced a natural death, 
so will a spiritual resurrection produce a natural resurrection. Just as we are quickened on the inside, the Lord will use that same power to bring about a very natural resurrection of our physical body. Glory to God. Yes, it is a spiritual experience, but it becomes also a natural resurrection of our body. The word of the Lord uh, says in the book of Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Let me read to you verse 8 through verse 15. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Don't let people talk you out of the truth of God. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. A lot of people studying philosophy when they need to be studying the word of God. Don't let men spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Vain deceit. Deceived by vain people. Deceived by trivial things. Vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him, Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete, hallelujah, in him. That means you are complete in Christ. That means you are put back together again. Body, soul, and spirit, you are complete in Christ. What was stripped from you in the garden is put back together in Christ. You are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. This is how you are circumcised in the new covenant. Verse 12. Buried with him in baptism. You know, before this live stream started, we baptized somebody in Jesus' name in these waters. We've had a steady stream of people being baptized in the precious, matchless, wonderful name of Jesus Christ. I just received a report of a church of 93 people who were of a Trinitarian persuasion, but they saw the oneness of Almighty God and said we want to be baptized as the Bible declares in the name of Jesus Christ. Their pastor and all 93 of those congregants were baptized in Jesus' name. I just received that report and I rejoice in the Lord because that's where we're complete. We're complete in Jesus Christ. Verse 12, buried with him in baptism wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you, you and I, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you, glory to God, all trespasses. Do you remember those trespasses where you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins, he forgives you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. 
and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He has triumphed over every principality and power, and that includes the coronavirus. He has triumphed over it openly in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. See, when you're baptized with him, you're going to be raised with him. Baptized in him, you're going to be raised with him. To the church at Rome, the apostle Paul said that when we are planted with him in the likeness of his death, then we will rise with him in the likeness of his resurrection. That's what happens when you repent and are baptized in Jesus' name. You are planted with him in the likeness of his death and burial. And you rise with him in the likeness of his resurrection. Glory to God. We believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is why it was amazing. These apostles who were eyewitnesses of his majesty, they witnessed the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. They saw the scars. Not only did they see him suffer, bleed, and die upon that cross, and, and they saw the very vehement nature, the brutal, the brutalizing of his body was so severe that later when people were saying he rose from the dead, Thomas, who came to be known traditionally as Doubting Thomas, said, I will not believe that unless I see the scars and put my finger in the wound. And I put my hand in the side wound. I saw that side wound be inflicted and I won't believe he's arisen from the dead unless I can actually touch those wounds. Well, Jesus gave him his request. He showed him his scars and his wounds, and he said, Reach forth hither thy finger. And Thomas fell on his, on his knees and said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, you have seen, or pardon me, you have believed because you have seen, but blessed are those who have believed without seeing. He's talking about us. He's talking about us. Because we didn't see him on the cross. We see it by revelation. We see it by vision. We see it by faith. But we didn't see it with our natural eyes. He's talking about us. Blessed are they that believe but don't see it. Hallelujah. But those apostles saw it. They saw him walk through the wall without coming through a door. They saw his resurrected body. They saw him ascend on high. Hallelujah. And two men clothed in white saying, Why stand ye here gazing just as he went up? In like manner he will also return. They experienced the resurrected body of Jesus Christ he showed himself alive to them by many infallible proofs. And, 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 and the persecutors came and said, deny it, recant it, say it never happened. And they said, we can't say it never happened. It happened, and we witnessed it with our own eyes. They said, we will boil you in oil unless you recant. They said, we won't recant because we can't tell a lie. He rose from the dead. They said, well, cut your head off. They said, you'll have to cut our head off. They said, we'll crucify you. They said, you'll have to crucify us because they would not go back on what they knew to be true. Jesus rose from the dead. The apostle Paul, the apostle Paul 
experienced Jesus on the road to Damascus. He heard the audible voice of Jesus come from the heavens. Hallelujah. And, and when they heard this voice, the Bible says that when Paul, Saul at the time heard this voice, he said, Lord, who art thou? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And Saul, who we call Paul, became a believer because he experienced the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, you need to experience the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to experience the overwhelming, overflowing joy, hallelujah, that comes from the presence of Almighty God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, says this in verse number 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? He was dealing with a false doctrine in the Corinthian church that said there is no resurrection of the dead. And he said, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. He was dealing with a heresy that was saying there's no resurrection of the dead. And he said, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ never rose from the dead. And if Christ never rose from the dead, then we're wasting our time preaching. And even our faith is in vain. He knew Christ rose from the dead, not just by faith, but also by experiencing him in a very physical, natural way on the road to Damascus. He becoming an eyewitness of the majesty of Christ. Notice what he said in verse 15. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ. But if your doctrine is true, then he didn't raise him up. If so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins if Christ did not rise from the dead. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If, Christ, if there's no resurrection of the dead, that means Christ never rose from the dead. What Paul is teaching them is this. There is a resurrection of the dead because Christ rose from the dead. See, Paul knew Christ rose from the dead. All the apostles knew Christ rose from the dead. We know Christ rose from the dead because he lives inside of us. And we have a daily communion with him. And the word of God teaches us. Not only that he rose from the dead, but the prophets prophesied that he would rise from the dead. Paul is saying that because Christ rose from the dead, that automatically means there is a resurrection of the dead. Because Christ is the first fruits. He goes on to describe what he's saying. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. It's over. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Paul is saying, 
if our only hope in this life is that we have Christ here and now, and that's it, we are of all men most miserable. Our hope is not just in this life alone, but we know that this life gives way to eternal life, that this life merges with an eternal reward. And great, glory to God, great is your reward in heaven. He has a place prepared for you. That's what he's telling him. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and he has become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man, this is Adam, came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. That's Jesus, the second man, Adam, the last Adam. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits. Christ the first fruits. See, Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection. And so that's why there is a harvest at the beginning of the season. And then there is a greater harvest that takes place toward the conclusion of the season. It is a type of Christ being raised from the dead. And then, verse number 23, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. When the Lord returns, and he is coming soon. When the Lord returns, the dead are going to be raised from the grave. Those that have died in Christ are going to rise from the dead and rule and reign with him. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the resurrection. Christ is the first fruits. And because he is the first fruits of the resurrection, there is bound to be a resurrection afterward at his coming. So verse number 51 of the same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Ladies and gentlemen, the saints of all the ages are going to be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who hath given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And one of my favorite verses in the word of the Lord, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. You've got a reason. All these reasons I've given you. The fact that the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Death is going to be swallowed up in victory. This mortal shall put on immortality. This corruptible body is going to put on an incorruptible body. And, and we're going to have victory over death. Death, mock, death is mocked. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? That's all going to happen at the coming of Jesus Christ. 
So he says, therefore, because of all that, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hey, in the chaos of 2020, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We've got something to look forward to. For the child of God, it is always a win-win situation. For the child of God, our best days are always ahead of us. For those who are born of the water and of the Spirit, our best days are always yet to come. Hallelujah. Every day is better than the day before because Jesus, glory to God, Jesus gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord. I know you can feel the presence of the Lord. Why don't you just lift your hands and praise him right now? Why don't you go ahead and lift your hands and praise him right now? Lord, we thank you and give you praise for the resurrection of the dead. We thank you, Lord, that we're going to rise triumphant over death, hell, and the grave, that you've given us victory over every adversary, that you have triumphed openly over every principality and power and subdued them under your feet, that you took our trespasses and nailed them to the cross. We give you praise, Lord. You've forgiven us. You've cleansed us. Come on and give him praise for it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you go ahead and call out to his name right now in the name of the Lord. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. If you've never repented of your sins, go ahead and repent of your sins right now. Lord, I call upon you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness, to wash me thoroughly from my sin. Lord, to cleanse me from the filthiness of my flesh. Lord, to to purify me and to make me whole. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I wish you could hear it. The water's running right now. We'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. And you'll go down one way, but you'll come up another way. You'll go down a sinner, but you'll come up with your sins washed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And you'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called being born of the water and of the Spirit. And the promise is unto you to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call yes Jesus has come to raise the dead from their dead condition and it starts with the death of your spirit being changed to the power of his resurrection the infilling of the Holy Ghost and that turns into the resurrection of your natural body If that spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands one more time and praise him for his holy word and for his holy truth that we can be confident in this thing, that the Lord has made a way of escape. The Lord has made a way of escape. Glory to God. Hey, we don't have anything to be afraid of. We don't have anything to run and hide from. We don't have anything to fear. Glory to God, we're going to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. 
because we've got so much to look forward to in the name of Jesus. Could you pray with me one more time in the name of the Lord? God, I thank you. I thank you for this gathering of your people who are tuning in to this live stream right now. Help your word to settle in our soul, oh God, and, and, and let it bring forth the fruit, the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Help us, Lord, to take your word and reach others. Let us minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who are lost and all who need salvation. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray for an anointing. We pray for peace, and we pray for the comfort that comes from the resurrection truth of your word. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Thank you for tuning in tonight. And uh, we look forward to seeing you Sunday in Jesus' name. God bless you.